There might be some of you who have already uh, begun to receive Christmas cards. I know at our home we have already begun to uh, re- receive the plethora of, of Christmas cards that are going to be coming into our home, and uh, many of them have, you know, pictures of families and friends on them, and, and many of them, in fact, have uh, little notes on them uh, tied to Scripture like, peace on earth, goodwill toward men. Have you gotten these kinds of Christmas cards? If you haven't already, I am sure that you will. Peace on earth, goodwill to men. And we look at those cards and we say, yes, peace on earth, goodwill to men. We we might even in our minds tie it back to that that glorious occasion in Luke chapter 2 when the announcement from the angels to the shepherds takes place. And an angel shows up to the shepherds and he says, glory to God in the highest, peace, peace on earth to men on whom his favor rests, peace. And the message of peace is one that gives us a reason to sing. It's one of those. It's one of those reasons that uh, that just in this time of year when there's chaos all around us, we we long for a message of peace. And if we can find it, if we can hold on to it, then this peace is a celebration. This peace then becomes a reason for us to sing, right? Peace on earth. We want a message of peace because we recognize that there's an absence of it. Uh, We want peace on earth because we recognize that in this life there is tension, there is conflict, there's disharmony. And we don't even have to look very far in order to find it. This morning we need a reason to sing and we find that Jesus Himself gives us a reason. That He brings peace. And maybe this morning, maybe this morning you would settle for something other than peace on earth. Uh, Maybe the plea deep inside of your soul this morning is not, bring peace on earth. Maybe it's something a a little lower than that, like, bring peace with those whom I love, but whom I disagree. Maybe you're saying to that person whom you love and yet you disagree, maybe the person is even a part of the church. Maybe the person is, is even a part, another believer in Christ. And there is between the two of you a tension, a disharmony, a conflict. And you can't go a single day without thinking about it. And there's something deep inside of you. Maybe, maybe there's someone in the church that serves in an area that you used to serve in. And you no longer serve there. 
and you find that they do things differently than you do. And and you look at how they do things and people seem to appreciate what they do more than what you used to do and you don't like that very much and so your attitude toward that person is filled with tension. And you're saying of the Lord this morning, may you bring peace. Maybe. There's someone else in the church, another believer in Christ. And they're in charge of how some money is to be spent in the church. And you are looking at them and you're saying, I don't like how that money is being appropriated. I think that the money should go over here instead of over here. And you're not very appreciative of the reasons that you're being given that the money's going over here instead of over here. And so every time you think of that person, there is a tension in your soul and you're in angst and it's like gears grinding in an old truck. And in that situation, you're praying this morning, Lord, bring peace. Maybe, maybe there is a Sunday school teacher or a small group leader. Maybe there's someone whom you respect and love and they open up their Bibles and they begin to teach from it and they find something in Scripture that you don't agree with. Maybe it's about a controversial issue and they open up the pages of Scripture and they interpret something, let's say, about the role of women in ministry that, that you differ on that and your opinion is different and you come to the pages of Scripture and you think of them and you think, oh my goodness, you're misunderstanding Scripture and you go home and you're so filled with tension. Peace on earth. And maybe it's not even someone that you love that's in this room. Maybe you're just simply saying, Lord God, would you bring peace in my home? Are there any parents out there? Lord, my children... They're constantly at each other. And they're constantly at me. It seems like they're constantly rebelling against the things that I'm trying to teach them. I get more sass than anything else and I just want some peace. Would you bring peace in the midst of them deciding that everything is a, a mountain that they must fight about? Would you, would you please bring peace between my children and would you bring peace between me and them so that there's a little less chaos in my house? I feel that one. (laughs) 
And maybe, maybe you're saying in your home, there's a group of you siblings who grew up together and now in your adult life, there's one or two of you that have been labeled black sheep. Maybe there's one of you who has gone a different path than you could ever have possibly imagined. You didn't grow up that way. You didn't grow up believing the things that they're now believing. Maybe they've decided uh, to go off and believe in another religion or maybe in a cult and now you don't even get phone calls or Christmas cards and you don't even get to hear from them and your heart breaks every time you think of it. Peace on earth. What will bring peace. What needs doing that in all of these situations will, will give us a sense of inner contentment about the circumstance that we're going through? Lord, bring peace. There's a number of Scriptures throughout the Bible that talk about peace. Uh, the peace that God can bring. And so, this morning we begin with God. We start at the very top of the spiritual food chain. And we want to focus on Him. We want to make Him the very center of our conversation this morning. And say so that, that if there is going to bring peace, He has got to be a part of it. And then as we look at the relationships that we desperately want peace in, we're going to circle back around again and again to God so that we might answer the question, what will bring peace? We find that God, God brought peace long before we were even thinking of it. That when He was the one who was offended, when He was the one who was wronged, when He was the one who was rebelled against, that He was the one also who initiated this option of peace. You see, the story really goes all the way back to the garden. It goes all the way back to the Garden of Eden where there was Adam and there was Eve and, and they had an option. God was with them. And He said, now, you can, you can do anything that you want. Anything at all. But just don't do this. And there was a tempter who came along and said, well, you know, God just, God just wants to keep something from you. And so they decided to go against God's will. They rebelled against God. And ever since that moment, there was this canyon, this chasm, this brokenness in relationship. A relationship that needed peace. And the good news, the good news of all of Scripture is that God did not leave us in disharmony. He didn't leave us in a state of brokenness. He looked at the relationship and He said, let's, let's heal it. Let's, let's sew it back together. Let's reconcile it. Let's make sure that the threads of, of this relationship are not uh, 
eternally broken and torn. Pick up with me in this story in Romans chapter 5. If you're looking for a pew Bible in front of you, it's going to be page 785. Romans chapter 5. God brings peace by providing us with His presence. Notice Romans chapter 5, just simply verse 1, Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Because we have believed, because we have come to know who God is, then we have avoided what God would bring to those who would not recognize the peace that is being offered to them. If we were to stand before a court of, uh, before God, we have Jesus on our side that says, He's with me. She's with me. I've balanced their account. They're at peace with us. We have been justified. Peace has been given. This relationship is now whole. If you flip over to Colossians, page 821 in your pew Bibles, we recognize again this peace is being offered from God that we might have an internal sense of contentment in this eternal relationship between the God of the universe and His people. Colossians chapter 1, verse 19. For God was pleased to have all of His fullness dwell in Him, talking about Jesus, and through Him to reconcile us, to bring peace, to sew us back together, to restore us to Himself, all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through His blood shed on a cross. God. In His glorious nature, said, I know that you've rebelled. I know that you've torn apart the relationship. I know that I have to do something to initiate this peace. And so He decided that He would send Himself in the form of a man, our Savior Jesus, that would be born that He might die and die so that we might live. And He says, He brought peace through His blood. If we're going to answer this morning the question about peace, it has to start and end with God. If we want a sense of inner contentment about uh, the places in our own relationships that are in disharmony, we have to begin there. Peace. Peace is available only when we realize that God has done something powerful in restoring us to Himself. But you're asking, you're asking, 
Not just about the eternal peace and inner contentment that we can have with Jesus for all of time. You and I are asking the question not just about the vertical relationship that we can have with God, but you're asking uh, the profound question about what happens with horizontal relationships here on earth that are broken, that are fractured, that are torn apart, that are in disharmony. In Philippians chapter 4, in Philippians chapter 4, there is a word of peace that circles back around to God, that circles back around to who He is and all that He accomplishes. And He challenges us with something here that is absolutely profound. You see, in Philippians chapter 4, we recognize that there are these people in the church. There are two women in the church. There are prominent women. Women who have served. Women who are part of Paul's inner team. Part of the team that is a major part of what goes on in the Philippian church. And yet, there is conflict between them. Their names are Yodia and Syntyche. And he says of these two women, hey, hey, you guys need to get it figured out because everybody else is focusing on the disharmony that you have and it's affecting the rest of the church. Paul doesn't tell us what the tension is. He doesn't tell us what the disharmony is. All we know is that the church knows that in this relationship there is tension. And perhaps perhaps we can look at this tension in this relationship and say, okay, what is it that God's Word says in regards to how is it that we go about finding this peace? What is it that needs done? How is it that we circle back around to this eternal relationship of peace that God has given to us? The first thing he's going to say is, if you are in tension with someone else, if you are in such disharmony with someone that every time you begin to even think about that other person, it just honestly makes you want to cuss. And you're laughing because you know it's true. When you're in that kind of tensious relationship, where there is a lack of peace, when there is nothing but consternation and conflict, he says, turn your attention to God and have joy in that. Instead of thinking about only this tentious relationship, instead of thinking only about the conflict, uh, turn your attention and preoccupy yourself with the Lord of the universe. Notice what he says. Turn to Philippians 4, 820 if you're following along. And he says in verse 4, Rejoice in the Lord always. This comes on on the footsteps of him just having said, hey, there's this conflict. He says, rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again. Rejoice. So when you're in that moment of conflict and you think bad things about other people, he says, turn your attention and preoccupy yourself with the God of the universe and find joy. Notice what he says next. He says, let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is 
near. That when you turn your attention from the conflict that you are facing, from the disharmony that constantly erupts in your soul, He is saying, Will you turn your attention to the God of the universe and not only find joy, but will you respond differently because of it? That you will be gentle in how you handle your conflicts because you are more preoccupied with focusing on the God of the universe than you are the internal conflict going on in your soul. And he says, the Lord is near. Now really, there's two ways of understanding this. Many scholars and many preachers, many teachers, many of you perhaps, have come to this verse and looked and said, the Lord is near. And perhaps it is that Paul is trying to say uh, of the cosmic sort of uh, sense that that God is near, that, that Jesus is at the right hand of God the Father and He's coming back and we need to focus on the fact that He's coming back for us and there may be a time when we will be ushered to heaven's door and not only we will be ushered to heaven's door, that person with whom we have conflict will also be ushered to heaven's door and we will need to, to try and figure out how in the world will we enjoy heaven together? Perhaps that's what he's saying. And if that's what he's saying, this is a good interpretation and it's right and it's true. But as I began to look through the entirety of this passage going down uh, through verse 9, I began to think that what Paul is saying is not the Lord is near in a sense of His chronology, not in a sense of time that Jesus is coming back again, although that's a good interpretation. But that what he's saying is that the Lord is near in proximity. Are there not some of us who would act differently if Jesus were watching? Are there not some of us who, if an elder of the church were watching, we might say things a little bit differently? Maybe some of you can remember back to a time when you were in school and you would say something and and on one occasion, perhaps your parent caught you saying something like that and they were aghast, they were surprised, they were shocked that anything like that could possibly come out of your mouth. Perhaps. And you've said to yourself a million times, oh, only if I knew my parent was watching, my behavior would be different. I think that what Paul is saying here is ladies and gentlemen who believe in Christ, who have achieved an eternal peace and a contentment with Him through their faith in Jesus Christ. That Paul, that God's Word is saying, never forget how close Jesus really is. And let that preoccupation with how close Jesus is shape how you encounter people with whom you are in conflict. That it will result in joy 
and gentleness. But that's not the only thing he says. The second thing that Paul is going to say here is that when you are in that kind of conflict, when you have that kind of inner angst and disharmony in your soul towards someone else, he says, ask God about it. Talk to the God of the universe about it. Lay it before God that He might instruct you about how to have peace. Look again now in verse 6. He says, Don't be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the result, notice the result, and the peace of God which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Don't be anxious. Don't be frustrated. Uh, Don't work your soul into a tizzy. Don't let a tornado occupy your soul. He says don't be frustrated or anxious. Instead, Instead, let your prayers be known to God. And he uses four words. Just four. He says, prayer, petition, request, and thanksgiving. Pray to God. In other words, uh, pray to Him. God, this is what's going on. This is the situation. Petition God. God, I, I need your help. I need to know how to respond in this situation. Help me act. And request something from the Lord. Lord, I need You. Will will You give me special insight into know how to handle this on an earthly basis between me and this other person? And then finally, just thanksgiving. Lord, I thank You that You have the answers that maybe I don't have yet. I thank You that You're in control, that You're in charge, and I can believe and have faith in who You are and all that You've done because I already know that You brought peace between me and You. And so I want to circle my life around back to the peace that you and I have so that peace can exist with people on earth. So that person with whom you disagree doctrinally about something in the Bible that causes you a great deal of angst, it might sound like this, Dear Lord, it's me again. I desperately want you to step into my life in this situation in which I disagree about this role of women in ministry. Lord, Will you give me insight that I don't have? Will you allow me to come with virgin eyes to the text so that I can see what the Bible says? And in the midst of it, Lord, will you help me to love this person? And I thank you, Lord. I thank you that you have the answers that I don't. And I will trust in you no matter what happens. Maybe it's that person Maybe it's that person in your family. And you begin to walk down through and you just simply say to the Lord, Lord, I don't know what to do with my sister. 
She's walked a long ways away from you. And it's caused angst between the two of us. I don't know how to respond. Lord, I'm asking for your help. Will will you give me insight? I don't agree with her in her belief system and what she believes. But will you give me an end so that I can speak into her life? Help me to love her. Thank you, Lord, for listening to my prayer. In Jesus' name. You see, when the peace of God rests in us, the God of peace rests around us. And we have an opportunity to declare with the angels there that showed up about the Son who was coming to save the world, peace on earth. And I hope that we can join Jesus in bringing peace in all of our relationships. Pray with me. Lord God, I thank You for Your goodness. I thank You for sending a Son of peace. So Lord, will You bring us to the place that we are completely willing to do whatever You say to bring peace? Will You bring us to the place that our lives and our faith is growing and we would, be, we would be proclaiming peace through our actions. Father, let the peace that You can bring rest in us so that Your peace will rest around us. Bring inner contentment to our lives. Help us to be at peace with you and at peace with others. Thank you for your presence. In Jesus' name, amen.